We have lived in fear of the Valorn for far too long. But now I say to you, the Valorn does not bring death, but life. It does not harm, but heals. Its vast, vibrant power is not to be opposed, but to be embraced. Fenella of the Fellerich Striding, talking absolute bollocks as one of the heirs of Terranail. Good evening, citizens. My name is Ban Shattersong, captain of the Bloody Hand Mercenary Company. And today, I'm not going to tell you about the records I found in the archives of the Empire's libraries. No, I'm going to tell you what is happening now. The Empire is aflame with war and strife, as it so often is in our troubling times. And I wanted to talk to you about what's happening in the homelands dear to me of Navarre, inside Hycinia and the Runin. But, of course, least of all as well, the Aphidim. So, starting in Hycenia, it's been many years since the Valorn has last stirred here, but now the so-called heirs of Terranale, the, uh, the mad briar insurrectionist group that seeks to bring forward a new age of Valorn domination, have roused the Valorn of Hycenia to wakefulness. As in the past, when its slumber is disturbed, it strikes out with unmatched viciousness. The Etacaps and the Lawnspawn of its dark heart seek out opportunities for bloodshed and slaughter. But this is to a degree not seen amongst the creatures that surround the other fallen Terranale cities. In fact, it is far worse. What began as a few scattered encounters around the borders of Deer's Folly soon threatened to become a full-fledged disaster. The heart of the Valorn touches each of all the other regions of Hycenia and it sits right at its heart as a territory. The creatures that teem and multiply in its depths are able to strike at steadings and stridings across the territory and even the North Pines are not entirely free from danger. Although the threat to the Navarre dwelling in these western peaks arises not from the dreadful creatures of the Valorn, fearful of the cold weather and sparse woodland, but from the sympathisers and agents of the heirs of Terranale themselves. As abominations spill out of Deer's Folly, the traitors hiding in plain sight unleash more subtle weapons. They seek to use betrayal, sabotage, assassination and deception to weaken the defenders and smooth the path for the Lawnspawn. Now, not all of these agents are of Navari birth, however. As disgusting as they are already, the Silent Bell were actually able to identify two groups of Barushkan Kabbalists, aiding the heirs, and there are rumours of folk from even farther afield, turning on their hosts and seeking to unleash the power of Yornagrah against them. Yet, the vigilance of the Synod and of the Silent Bell have provided the people of Hycenia with crucial advance warning 
of the heirs of Terranail and their schemes, and provided opportunities to counter them. Even before the attacks begin in earnest, these allies of Yornagrar, these self-proclaimed scions of ancient Terranail, brought the corrosive power of spring magic to bear against the people of Hycenia. Shortly before the autumn equinox, our most recent equinox indeed, as we sit through these long winter days, the waters of Hycenia began to show signs that they had been infested with the illegal power of rivers run red, bringing the threat of infection and sickness that add to all of the dangers posed by these Valornspawn and their etacaps. The Vates of Navarre are quick to respond. The voice of the Quiet Forest rally their allies and draw on the more positive aspects of the Spring Realm to counter the curse of pestilence that the heirs have raised. Yet, the attempted tainting of the waters is only the most obvious of the heirs' schemes. Rituals of sickness, savagery and ruin are brought to bear across the entire territory, striking at the walls of steadings and infesting food supplies with flies and maggots. These rituals sow chaos amongst the defenders of town and striding alike. The protectors of Hycenia employ magic of their own as well. As the Valorn spews forth in its unnatural hordes so that magic settles across Hycenia, it is as if the entire territory resists the incursion from its heart. Magical fortresses twine and twist from the woodlands of the Glen of Shadows, from Old Ranging and from Summersend, as the voice of the quiet forest continue to weave spring magic in defence of the people of Hycenia. At the same time, a mighty castle of white stone and black ice rises in the foothills of North Pines, a frozen citadel drawn from the era of Cathan Cane by the Eternal Family. With the forest and the mountain aiding the defenders, the Lawnspawn are contained. But magic alone will not win the day, however. That task falls to the 100 independent captains who answer the call to action with their friends and allies. The majority, as you might expect, are Navari, but there are also a significant number of Dornish, and bolstered again by the Winterfolk. And every single Imperial nation, from the Brass Coast to the Imperial Orcs, are represented amongst the heroes that come to Hycenia. Some fight the Valorn and its spawn directly, with blade and bow, whilst others track down the hidden threat of the heirs of Terranail and seek to stymie their treacherous plans. Each individual battle, each confrontation, serves to further undermine the plans of the heirs and their allies. Even with advance warning, the unbound power of the lawn spawn and etacap and corrupt magic, the threat of assassins' knives, poisoned wells and burning brands, and the sheer madness of the heirs' cause might have been sufficient to overwhelm the defenders of Hycenia. But as it is, the battle is very, very close. And despite the best efforts of the Navarre, a tide of chitinous etacaps is able to reach the storied steading of Trajee, just in time for conjured vines to tear great holes 
in the defences. Lives are lost, but the defenders manage to stand against the howling horde of insect horrors and turn them back before they can overwhelm the settlement. Without the magical defenders provided by Forest and Mountain, and without the courage of the heroes and soldiers of the Empire, Dreji would surely have fallen. The attack against the heartwood of the Great Vale is more subtle, however, but no less disastrous. A band of Barushkan Kabbalists, calling themselves the Cabal of the Green Mother, seek to burn the Weirwood Forest to the ground. Supported by the abominable heralds of Yornagrah, the vigilance of these defenders stymie their efforts once more, but it is only the strength of the Imperial response to the call for heroes that prevents serious damage to the forests. The ferocity of the Cabalists' attack continues to raise questions about precisely what the relationship between the Weirwood and the Valorn might be. Now, in Thurunin, in the north, the heirs of Terranale are faced by magic and by heroes once again. And in the south of Thurunin, they face the might of the military council. The valiant Pegasus, the army of Dawn, has come to Thurunin, where they serve as the backbone of the defence against the might of the Valorn. Their numbers are bolstered by some 5,000 irregular troops belonging to independent captains from Highguard, Navarre, and the Imperial Orcs. A further 30 or more captains, again predominantly Navarre with a smattering of Dornish knights, bring their warbands to the territory to fight the earth directly without the cumbersome protection of an army. Now, as in Hycenia, Imperial magicians have drawn down the power of the realms to bolster the defence. The voice of the quiet forest rouses the wholesome woodlands of Eastring, weaving a wooden fastness there to shelter those fighting the incursion against the Valorn. The Susavari Frostcoven from far away Wintermark weaves their own magic over the marshes of East Ashes, crafting a pall of living mist that conceals the valiant guardians and confounds the senses of both treacherous briar and ravening Valorn spawn alike. I myself, dear listener, was in Eastring not many moons ago. There were some unsettling findings there, and alas, I must confess that despite the effort of some heroes of the Empire, the local Terranale forces were able to complete some kind of ritual. We do not understand what for, as we and myself personally assaulted their position, we were driven back. Who knows what they've been up to, what they've been able to cast and bless themselves with. I'm sure that only time will tell, and unfortunately that time will be bought with Imperial blood. The silent bell has reported fewer heirs in the marshy woodlands of Thurunin than in cold Hycenia, but the Valorn here is considerably larger. Whilst it might be less vicious, it is nonetheless a cunning and malignant opponent. Here, the heirs rouse the Etacaps and the Valorn spawn, but they also seek to foster madness amongst the great insects that roam the warm forest 
and to raise the ire of the marsh walkers against the people of the Brunei. The numbers may be few, but they are bolstered by traitorous Urigeni. Ah, can barely say the word. Treacherous Urizeni magicians and the sentinels of Green Fountain Spire in Perogegro. Traitors who bring powerful magic to bear in pursuit of their crazed desire to overrun the eastern Navarre territory with the abominations of Sweet Glades and Greenheart. Yet, the Navarre too have allies to call on. The local great forest orcs have built their settlements in the Lower Tarn Valley, but their people are scattered across the territory, trading and hunting. They may have questions, their Navarre hosts, about the wisdom of treating with the Druze, but they are not slow to come to the aid of their neighbours. When the heirs sought to wrap the Runin in the curse of sickness, the orcs quickly marshalled their forces to remove that curse. The Spears of the Pine, uh, their army, fresh from fighting the heirs in Brickelliand, returned to the Tarn Valley to protect their homes and the building site of the Holt of the Oak. They are quick to coordinate with the defenders of Peak Edge Song and with the brands of Steadings across Therunin. While there are a multitude of monstrous foes in Therunin, as in Hycenia, the threat comes as much from treachery as from beasts and heralds of Yonagrar. If not for the courage of the defenders, the docks at Feverwater would have been crippled by a trio of abnormally large hydra rising from the deep waters, drawn by the siren songs of the heirs of Terranale. If not for the vigilance of the highborn, a scheme to poison the orcs, labouring to complete the halt of the oak, might have been successful, leaving them defenceless against the swarm of spore-crazed dire beetles pouring out of Greenheart. Without the dogged determination of the Imperial Orcs patrolling near Peak Edge Stead, a plan to tear open the gate of ritual magic might have come to fruition, allowing a river of forlorn spawn to flood past the defences and butcher the physics and herbalists at work in the hospital there. There were also significant battles in Therunin, make no mistake. Violence spreads across the entire territory. While the walls of Peak Edge Steads are preserved, the Valornspawn still come to smash themselves against it. While the Hydra are diverted from the Feverwater docks, they are only the harbingers of a force of terrible beasts that emerge from the marshes of the Malum and from the forlorn heart to attack the steadings across East Ashes and East Ring. The fiercest fighting takes place in the peaceful woodlands surrounding the thimble. Uh, the thimble itself, a site of the uh, ancient and powerful and incredibly valued weirwood trees. A major force of etacaps and heralds led by not one but three immense twisted marsh walkers attempt to destroy not only the settlement there but also the trees themselves. Indeed, it seems as if the entire force of Green Fountain Spire, the Urizeni traitors, <laughs> is focused around somehow undoing the Weirwood Forest in an echo of the attack against the heartwood of the Great Vale in Hycenia.
They are turned back, but at great cost to the defenders. Not one steading or striding into the ruin is untouched by the treachery of these heirs of Terranale. But as the winter approaches, it is clear that the defenders have been sufficient to prevent widespread loss of life. While the beasts of the lawn and the giant insects and the marsh walkers are dangerous, they are still beasts. And without the direction of the heirs, their attacks falter and their numbers dwindle. For all their malice, the numbers of heirs and Urizen directing these forces are limited, and each victory, each traitor brought to justice, reduces the ability of the enemy to weave their magic and direct their servants. The attacks lessen, but the worry remains. How many of the briars still living in Thirunin can still be trusted? How many are merely sleeping tools of the conspiracy arrayed against us and the Navarre. For now though, the battle is done. The heirs are in retreat, and whilst there has been some loss of life, the damage to the people and the steadings is limited when all is taken into consideration. However, as we head west to the territory of Leafadon, I'm afraid to tell you, dear listeners, that the situation is more dire. And whilst conflict engulfs across Hycenia and Thirunin, there is little news from that western territory. It seems that the heirs of Terranale are unchallenged there. Their schemes unfold without the intervention of the heroes of the Empire. Indeed, one of my fellow striding members, Larkin Shatterton, was responsible for organising such a mighty defence of our nation. However, as Navari and as all people of the Empire, often we are faced with difficult and impossibly hard to balance choices. And unfortunately, when it came to defending in its entirety the Kellyand, Therunin, and Hycenia, the Aphidim was left alone to weather its own storm. There are few enough Imperial people still in the Aphidim. Years of violence have seen to that. While the Valorn's hold over the territory has been greatly reduced from the battles and campaigns waged there, the woodlands are still dominated by the Jotun. There are fenny settlers in the northern forest, true, but the Empire has little contact with them and little reason to imagine that they are especially friendly to Imperial citizens. There is a network of scouts in the Aphidon, of course, but they have not reported the specifics of the air's operations here. Perhaps the Jotun have contained them, or perhaps not. The withering curse of winter magic wither the seed, to call it by its proper name, still lies across the Aphidon, and that much is clear. If Yornagrah possesses the power to remove that curse, the Eternal seems unwilling or unable to do so. Those few Navarre 
left in the territory have no doubt suffered at the claws of the Forlorn Spawn and the Heralds of Yornograth, as a territory outside the Aegis of the Imperial Conclave, it is likely that the spawn of the Green Mother have had unfettered access to the forests there. What few reports have filtered out say that the damage to the remaining steadings has been extensive, bordering on the catastrophic. While there is no danger of the Valorn itself spreading, there are reportedly dangerous pockets of Valorn-tainted creatures in all the remaining regions of the territory, and those will need to be dealt with in the event, of course, and should this ever happen, in the event that the Empire actually returns to liberate the beleaguered territory. They may also need to deal with the heirs of Terra now. In the absence of concrete information, it is dangerous to speculate, but it seems likely that whatever goals the treacherous briars were pushing for in the Akadon, they have likely achieved them. It remains to be seen what this will mean for the South Western Empire. Now, as I finish, I want all of you, dear citizens, to be aware that the briars around you might be undergoing some kind of change. This is another battlefield that we all fight upon, not the physical, but the spiritual the hearts and souls of those of the Briar lineage. As we all experienced last season, the subtle force, more subtle than traitors or the Lawnspawn, is at play in Hycenia, the Runin, and the Apathon. Those with Briar lineage across these territories experience strange dreams, and once again the curious fauna that grew from their bodies in the last season has repeated itself here. Those dreams have become more intense according to reports, and some of those briars fighting in for Therunin and Hycenia begin to experience an unsettling physical change in regards to those unnatural flowers. Some briars remove them as they appear, but of course you can't hide something like this from the uh, vigilant soldiers that you serve alongside. Worse still, these dreams and these effects are not limited to those who come to defend Hycenia and Therunin. There aren't many briars in the Var, I'll give you that, but steading and striding alike from all over, including Miaran, have come tales of briars acting oddly, experiencing strange dreams and blossoming with these unnatural flowers. Given that the unifying trait of the heirs of Terranale is that they are all briars, some of whom have struck against their neighbours with surprising treachery. It is perhaps unsurprising that our suspicion of those of the spring lineage is escalating. So, in your travels, if you do come across an Avari, be wary of the problems that afflict our nation. And should you come across a briar, keep your eyes on them, keep them close, but keep your hand closer still to the hilt of your dagger.